Hey guys. Well, I don't know if Mercury's in retrograde or there's a full moon or fucking Spotify got hacked, but in an absolutely unprecedented happenstance on our four year anniversary of this podcast, um, the host site where we post the episodes every week had some kind of glitch and I, you know, and even though it looked like it was live and posted on our end, it in fact was not. It no. wasn't on Apple or no. Spotify or apparently anywhere um, that we know of. So we don't know if anyone, apparently all lines, all feeds, all RRSs were closed to us within and in multiple ways. Right. And I mean, technically it wasn't, it, it really wasn't our fault, but because last week was such a hectic, <laughs> fucked up week for us. And because we literally only have 14 listeners, we had no idea that the podcast wasn't even up. No. Until Friday when my mom, Pam Howard, um, who I think we've now dwindled down to one single listener, and I think it's her, um, texted me asking where it was. So thanks, mom. Thank you, Pam. And you know what? Thanks to everyone else who was just like, huh, I guess they're not going to do it this week. And then you guys just moved on with your lives. Mm. Until Friday, I can honestly say, Mamau, that I've never had a moment in four years where i thought wow this podcast really doesn't matter to anyone Mm. it wasn't there Mm -hmm. and no one missed it right and i have to say mentally for me it really wasn't cute it really wasn't it was a it was a dark Hmm. dark feeling a nihilistic feeling yeah um and quite frankly the entire month of december has been a hot mess for us personally Mm -hmm. and professionally Mm -hmm. And I was really, truly ready on Friday to just throw in the damn towel. Mm -hmm. Tell our 14 listeners to go to the Patreon and be done with goddamn politics. Well, (laughs) there's still time. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Let's not write it off yet. There's still time. Believe you me. Because once I get to the level you're at, that's when we know things are dire. Yeah. Um, But I'm not quite there yet. And we're not we're not doing that yet. So for now, we're going to try reposting the episode we did for last week. Is the news stale? Yes. Have you already heard about all of it on social media? Yes. But too (laughs) bad. We did the work. It's done. And we're going to post that shit. So thank you to any of our 14 listeners that are still here. Shout out to Stephanie Buckley. And for those of you um, that stay to listen to this, we absolutely love you guys. And the one good thing about the existential nightmare that we've been living through these last two weeks is that we yeah. came up with our theme for the 2022 That's true. year. The coming 2022, yeah. our theme, which mm-hmm. we come up with every year, Scrunchy 19, mm-hmm. uh, Money 20, mm-hmm. Forever 21. Mm-hmm. Our theme for 2022 is going to be Do You 22. And you know why, Memo? Because I'm a do me. That's right. It's Do You 22. Cause I'm a do me. Uh huh. It's all shit. It's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that. Cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh, uh, this shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. 
this shit is Trumpas. T-R-U-M-P-A-N-A-N-A-S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. Merry Omicron Christmas, <laughs> meow meow. Merry podcast. <laughs> meow meow. I mean, I started. Omicron for Christmas is you. Oh, good one. Mm-hmm. Good one. Mm-hmm. You know what I realized? Mm-hmm. No. I mean, Christmas is literally like fucking 10 days away, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. It's crazy. And upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. But I realized that. We got. We are supposed to set spend all of December thinking up our our twenty twenty two theme. Oh God! Right. So we had we started with scrunchy nineteen. Mm-hmm. Then we had money twenty. Right. That was a flop. But you know what? <laughs> Everybody did get money. That's true. That is true. I mean, Everybody most, did get money in twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. Like just free money out the sky. That's true. So twenty twenty one. Maybe it's... No, that was Forever 21. Oh, yeah. Forever 21. We're going to 2022. Yeah. So we just all have to... I can't take it. We all have to think about it. Let's all put our heads together. Let's... Mm. Basically, we need for someone else to think of it and tell us, you know, we're all just going to see what strikes the fancy. Okay. You know? Yeah, maybe it's... I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's more money. Maybe it's... Like poo 22? Yeah. I have a empty... Empty skinny 2022. We're going to see. It has to roll off the tongue. <laughs> um, but we will be we will be rocking because Meredith Larson from North Dakota. You see her right there. My mouth with mm-hmm. Brad and Evangeline. She has her little daughter, Evangeline. <laughs> uh-huh. So cute. She sent us three huge bags of Southwest seasoned pretzel twists. Yes. And I'm here to let you know, Meredith. We've been chomping, okay? <laughs> We've been motherfucking chomping on the pretzel twists. There's so much flavor. There's so much. I, like, love them. Ladies, after this week's Patreon episode, I just knew you needed these Dot Southwest pretzels. <laughs> they are one of the few good things made in my increasingly embarrassing state of North Dakota. Enjoy from Meredith Larson. I mean, I'm a person who doesn't do flavor. However... This was just a flavor explosion. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. And then you keep going keep in going. and keep going in. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can't get enough. <laughs> I'm thinking I might need to dip into the dots bag. And then, Do you think January Jones has had the mm-hmm, dots? Mm-hmm. She probably has, huh? I was going to say, because if she hasn't, yes. we're probably the only people in L.A. who've had it. I think anyone who lived or from who's from North Dakota has had dots. Yeah. God damn it. I wanted to be special in L.A. Well, thank you, Meredith. Yeah. Give our love to Evangeline because that is the boo. I freaking know she's a model right now. She's like about to start doing her junior uh-huh. modeling. I love her. Okay. Our erotic third, Mau Mau, the sexy Texan, Devin Verona. <laughs> yes. Got us a pill tray, mm-hmm. which perfectly matches... Jennifer Warhoftig, now Kalanya. She's a married yes, lady now. Yes. She's no longer a whore sleeping with her husband out of marriage, um, out of wedlock. Uh-huh. She made us coasters with like little like rainbow, not rainbow, but all different color pills. Yes. Inside the like coasters. It's like right. clear, lucite with. And then 
Deb and Vrana got us a pill tray, which is in that exact style. Yep. And I have to say, Devin, Julie keeps <laughs> basically Pee Wee was always a thirst bucket. And I mean that literally. Mm-hmm. He's thirsty 24 7. Mm-hmm. So we always have to get up, get him a cup of water. <laughs> he needs to be handed a cup of water to drink. <laughs> yeah. So annoying. Yes. So then Dumpling comes over because he's also a thirst bucket. Oh my and God. then he needs to make love to the glass of water. <laughs> And so then Julie started keeping a glass of water (laughs) on the table on a coaster. And then I, one of the times I Airbnb'd my house, someone left a little dog bowl, Mm. but it was little. Yeah. And so then I brought it over. I was like, let's put the water in this dog bowl. So there's not always a glass of water sitting here and they can get their faces in it better. And still, though, the dog bowl sits on a coaster on the coffee table. So... And Dumbling comes up and makes love to it all the time. And yeah. I have to hand it off to Pee Wee. And mm-hmm. it's, that's a, that's a side story <laughs> but yes. for another day. But uh-huh. we, it's always filled with water underneath the fucking coaster. Cause Dumpling has a big flat face and he mashes <laughs> all over there. And it's always wet. Yeah. So I took the pill tray and immediately put Dumpling's water bowl in it. Mm-hmm. So we get to enjoy it. It's so, it's beautiful. It's yeah. right in the living room. Yep. We like love it. So we get to enjoy it mm-hmm. and we don't have to have water splashing everywhere. So it's no. like perfect and we love it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like between that and like the new, the art radio Google Home art piece. It's a, a lot of upgrades. Yeah. A lot of upgrades. And Mike Valdez. Oh my God. Sent us four candles oh my God. from his company, Wick Effects Candle Company. I, 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 everyone should go on there and buy their candles, their room sprays. I immediately went on and bought two room sprays from, from them. Yeah. Gentleman Caller and like Black Magic Lady or whatever. Yeah. So Mike, for anyone, any of the 14 who don't remember, don't know, Mike pivoted in the pandemic and started his business and we are so fucking here for it like we love every single scent mike yeah and we were so excited to get four new candles and the like last year i went on after christmas and had to bust the holiday sweater Mm -hmm. candle Mm -hmm. when it was on sale Mm -hmm. my cheap fucking ass poor mike he's like can you just support me do you have to wait for the sale and get the Uh. christmas candle but i i knew though the thing is it's like holiday candles are so scarce around the holidays Mm -hmm. and i bet you mike has enough for people to get so you we got it meow meows your your holiday sweater was already burned down yeah and we have you smells ha- so good you have your australian holiday tree up yes i do that we enjoy yes like where renee got us the little australian bulbs yeah with the little birds on them so we immediately lit up holiday sweater mike because he included that in the four it is so good. It is the strongest Christmas smelling candle there yeah, is. Like it's holiday candle. The best holiday candle on the market. I mean, prior to lighting that, you had a diptych candle going. Mm-hmm. That's a two hundred dollar candle. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even smell it with my goddamn nibs. <laughs> and that holiday sweater candle mm-hmm. by Wick Effects, it is the fucking poo. And I mean, take a big whiff. Yeah. Like, seriously, it's it the is. shit. It really is. Like, thank you so, so much, Mike. Like, we really, really appreciate it. Here, my mind can read the card. Hi, ladies. The Please enjoy these candles from us to you. Thank you for the continued laughter. Looking forward to a live show somewhere in SoCal. Happiest holidays, Mike, Andres, and Patchouli. Patchouli still rocking it yeah. out in San Diego. So he basically gave us 
holiday sweater, resin and smoke. Oh, that smelled so good. So sexy. Yeah. Black magic woman. Which I liked is, that a lot. Yeah. Which is why you got the room spray. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm going to go. My poo is also a witch coven. Yeah. Because you have IBS. Yeah. Which is like a witch coven. Right. So the candles can't. You need. We need. Yeah. We need sprays. And then Mocha Joe. Like a coffee snuggly morning. It's described as brewed caffeinated creamy. Like your vagina. <laughs> it's like your pussy, my mouth. <laughs> brewed caffeinated and creamy. Gross. Just matter of factly. <laughs> hey, pal. You know what that's like? Your pussy. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I mean, not for nothing. So, I, am wait- I am waiting on Mike to name a candle after us. Mm. And it would be brandy, julie, and creamy. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it would be. Maybe it's a brandy scented candle. Oh, or a brandy scented yeah. candle. That's he nice. He doesn't have to include you. I'd no. be fine with that. He does. <laughs> I think. I think that's. I think that's very clear. And I think that brandy scented. Why not? And then it would be just a picture. Like you know how they have little pictures on. On the candles, on tombstones. No, no, wait. no, on the candles, on their candles. They have like oh, a the little picture, a yeah. label. Yeah, and so it would have your name. It would be brandy scented with just a picture of. Well, it wouldn't be your called... boobs. Oh, okay, that'd be that sounds good. <laughs> I'm so tired. Are you into that, Mike? <laughs> now Sherry Lewison sent us a care package and the sweetest fucking letter. Okay, right, Mamau. <sighs> yeah, I mean, so sweet. It's so sweet, Sherry. Ugh. When we first opened the care package, it was so thoughtful. I like literally thought it was from Julie Lang because it had all of the things that like Julie. Like mm-hmm. the second I saw the tissues, I was like, oh, this is probably from Julie Lang. Yeah. So it's like, but turns out, sweetie, it's Sherry Lewison sitting over in Illinois taking care of her two gorgeous kids, <sighs> Jonah and Alex, and being the mom we need in our lives because bitch <laughs> sent over Kleenex, Snyder's honey mustard pretzel pieces for me. That's your favorite. Sour Patch Kids. I mean, obviously, I now have diabetes. And Tito's vodka for both of us, but really for me. Which we went ahead and got. We already drank it all, Sherry. We already Mm -hmm. drank it all. Um, Before we could, we opened it yesterday, Sherry. (laughs) I'm for being honest. We literally opened that yesterday afternoon. I mean, completely gone. All the vodka. Horrifying. Um, Dear Julie and Brandy. While I'm unfortunately not one of the original fourteen, I do consider myself one of your most loyal current fourteen. I discovered DGP a little over a year ago after loving you guys on People's Couch and thought it was an appropriate time to send you a letter. It's not only my one-year anniversary of listening to the pod, but I also just finished listening to the Patreon, too, don't remember, from the beginning and I'm finally caught up. I love DGP and look forward to listening every week, but honestly, I love your Patreon even more. It has me laughing in the car, in the grocery store, and while I'm supposed to be paying attention to my kids. There was nothing better than going back in time and discovering the origin stories of topics and phrases like Babe and Bondi. Babe and Bondi? And you met them mind blown. Hey guys, she's great, Paula. Jack Jack and I. Something such as I. I could go on. Jack and I. Jack, Jack and I. <laughs> Uh, as a fellow member of the tribe, anytime Julie says, show me a papas, I'm dying laughing. <laughs> Some of your best episodes are those of you simply discussing your latest cleanse, a story about Julie's road rage, your Jeopardy journey, and the ones that Brandy wants to re-record. 
I'm not surprised that the unlocked free episode is Windows Up Sing Time because it's my absolute favorite and has me cracking up even the second time around. I'm going to miss listening to old episodes for the first time, but it hasn't stopped me from listening to the episodes that I've already heard again. Love you guys. Thank you for keeping me so entertained. Sherry Lewison. Sherry, <sighs> thank you so much. You're, she also included a Christmas card. I can't believe how her little puppas have grown. I just uh, really love when people listen to the old ones that they're not just like toiling away in the ether bullshit and meaninglessness. <laughs> like, yeah. So it really means a lot. And, you know, and we do want people to join the Patreon because that's yep. the only way that we can survive and eat. <laughs> so um, if anybody's interested in hearing Windows Up Sing Time for free, you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com. There's a button on every page. You can just hit it and you can listen to the free Patreon episode to see if you like it, like Sherry, who is our favorite listener that we have because of that letter. So, and I do want to, like, speaking of the Patreon, before we go, quick shout out to one of our beloved Patreon subscribers, Bridget Jenis, who Vimeo won our Cardi B pork rind drawing in 2018 when I stole an authentic half-eaten pork rind mm -hmm. from Cardi B on the set of a Pepsi commercial. And then we drew names for who would get it. And Bridget won. And she just had a baby on November 29th and took a picture with the baby. And the pork rind is in the picture in the plastic bag I sent it in. I put it I put it in a plastic bag. I labeled it Cardi B pork rind with the date on a post-it. I packed it in a gigantic box that I got like a bag in. Mm -hmm. Like it's a huge box. I put all this paper around it and protected the pork rind. Because mm -hmm. God forbid mm -hmm. it gets smashed up. Mm -hmm. And shipped that shit off to bridget and she put it next to her new baby girl and and then on the post she put olivia lauren pork rind rios we now interrupt our regularly scheduled jojo and kiki to talk about fucking trump because he's back again he's back he's back i'll tell you right away he's back he's back a monumentous day send somebody down to greet him who'd have thought i'd finally meet him He's back. Who's back? The founder of this place. A gog. A gas. No one's ever seen his face. He's a genius of business. Is there no limit to his business? It's pronounced wiseness. I'm big. Well, he's back. His return was inevitable. He is way too hungry for attention and validation to stay on the golf course at Vitiligo. But now that it's happened, ugh. Just. Yep. Donald Trump returned to the Republican limelight a few months ago with a bunch of MAGA rallies. And then he popped up on my phone today when I got the following text from an unknown number. Quote, Trump alert in all caps. <laughs> oh, really? Trump alert. This is literally in my like, uh, like you're texting me that there's a Trump alert. Wow. Trump is making his comeback with a social media platform all his own. Ooh. And we want you to join. Will you join? Here's the link. Um, how did they get your number? And did you click on the link? No, I fucking no. Because I, I want the link and I'm <laughs> going to click on it and I'm going to join. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I probably already deleted it, but it's mm. um, they probably got my number because I spent all last night trolling Facebook for clips from the show he did this past weekend with Bill O'Reilly, which is the real story of his rotted return. Right. So, so a few months back when Trump was doing his gross MAGA rallies, he announced that he was going to go on tour with Bill O'Reilly, the known sexual harasser and Levittown loser from Fox News, who got fired in 2017 while he was still number one. 
who now has an internet show called The No Spin News that only airs on his own website. What a tool. (laughs) Fucking tool. Wow. The amount of arrogance and hubris it takes to get fired while you have the number one show in cable news is just... uh, It's just... (laughs) You're having to, to... cut a, a path of enemies with every turn <laughs> yep. to make your to get yourself fired mm-hmm. when you're making everyone so much money anyway leave it to america's other most notorious megalomaniac who also got fired donald trump to drag bill o'reilly out of gop irrelevancy for a tragic fucking tour copied right out of the handbook of andy cohen and anderson cooper it is you are so right it is just like ac squared literally from what we can gather from the guarded videos on YouTube, basically, the show is called The History Tour, and it kicked off this past weekend at an arena in Sunrise, Florida. There was a large crowd there, but it was nowhere near selling out. Sunday, it was in Orlando at the Amway Center, and the same thing happened. The lamestream news and liberal social media trolls want to harp on the empty seats, but we think ignoring the thousands of filled seats is the mistake. Yeah. The reason there were any empty seats at all is because the show is tragic and the tickets were too expensive. (laughs) If it was a normal MAGA rally with free tailgating and crystal meth Jesus tents, the shit would have been packed. We've seen Mm -hmm. it time and again. Yep. But this was a sit-down show inside of an arena. There probably wasn't even fucking alcohol. Mm -hmm. With even nosebleed seats costing over a hundred bucks. His supporters have no money because they're too busy donating it all to the fake GoFundMes for patriots who hate immigrants. (laughs) Supposedly, before the show started, they made an announcement for all the upper tier and nosebleed people to come down and fill the bottom level. So they they tried to pack out the bottom level, but I'm like looking at it and you see like smatterings of like empty seats. And I know like... Okay, if we're sitting, say we we ended up getting like third row or, mm-hmm. or like let's say it's 10th row. Okay. Now we have like t- two or three seats in between us and the next people. Mm-hmm. When the nosebleeds come down, they're not going to be like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm going to take these two. We're going to go, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Pardon me. Oh, God. Okay. Excuse me. Sorry. Everyone's fat here. Excuse me. Excuse me. No. They're going to just sit on the fringes. So right. it didn't end up filling in that whole bottom section because right. nobody as fucking entitled and gross as these people are, they weren't going to do that and go to the middle and fill in right. the two. Oh, let's get those two. Are perfect- those two seats 12 seats away taken? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, great. Like, no. Well, I'm kind of bummed about about it because we wanted to go. <laughs> when, we did. We wanted to go and it was in um, Dallas or Houston and the tickets are just so fucking expensive. Now I know we could have gotten tickets and just moved down closer. Yeah, Quinn, that's next weekend. Those those Texas shows are next weekend. Oh, I bet you, you know what? And I bet you they're probably, I don't know. Do you think it'll be more packed in Texas than it was in Florida? I don't know, because I think the people who love Trump, besides the 1% people or the rich people, the people, his main bread and butter are people who don't have any money. So they can't right. go there and they think that, uh, but I mean... I was thinking about it when we were really considering going because and you know, like recording it and all that stuff. And I just was like, I wonder if we should wear like MAGA hats and stuff and try and blend in. Yeah. Well, we wanted you know to I mean? be whatever it was. We wanted to be in the first five rows. And yeah. how much were the tickets? Were they like 1600 bucks or something? Or yeah. were they more? Well, now that we've seen what's doing, I'm glad we didn't <laughs> spend the money. Okay. 
So basically, O'Reilly walks out on stage with a Trump-sized chip on his shoulder, which is even bigger than the chip he already had, which was filled with white grievance, mommy issues, class envy, and entitlement. Now he can add being the bitch to a privileged ignoramus snob with a thimble-sized dick. (laughs) Here's a clip of O'Reilly walking out to address the MAGA sycophants with barely veiled distaste. not a wrap, right? We have serious things to talk about we're going to talk about. So we have a new president, and the new president has a record now for almost a year. And the man he replaced has a record for four years. So tonight, what we're going to do is a little contrast on issues. But this is a serious conversation. Now, we're going to do about 5-0 straight history we'll take a break short break we'll come back and we'll read i'll read some of your questions to the president that's how it's going to format out okay so i think it's time to introduce the 45th president of the united states donald trump wow Sounds so, like he's been drinking, Bill O'Reilly. He did sound slurred. This is a serious conversation. Like, also, I just want to point out that we have a president who has one year and we have a president who has four years. So we're going to have a comparison of each of those things. And we're going to talk about serious issues. Everything he said, and then even in the other things that we've watched, is veiled, ambiguous, um, it isn't direct, it isn't specific, and it's all Bill O'Reilly trying to act like he's balanced and doesn't have a horse in the oh, game. Oh, it's no spin news. Right. Here's when Trump first walks out and acknowledges that he could have chosen someone easier than Bill O'Reilly, who is a blowhard dick that clearly doesn't like Trump. I mean, for me, my hot take on all of this from the first second we started watching these videos is... I knew O'Reilly would never like Trump in the first place. It's just not his thing. He's a working class guy who is bitter. And, you know, the only thing they have in common is that they're sexist, sexual harassers. Yeah. And probably rapists. Okay. So um, Trump walks out after O'Reilly introduces him and makes a joke about how he could have chosen someone easier and then says, and then O'Reilly then comes back and says, oh, yeah, I pistol whipped the sound guy. Mm like what's the joke there that he's hard i guess apparently o'reilly's so hardcore Uh uh-huh o'reilly's not there for fun Trump is just wow. v- more he's just funnier and more entertaining and he is there to have fun he yep. doesn't care if he just sits there for an hour and spews his lies mm-hmm. and he will and O'Reilly's not there for fun the only fun he has is sending out Jesse Waters into the street to make Democrats look like dipshits yeah that's the only time he cracks a smile or when he's you know debasing a woman and making her look like an idiot or saying he knocked 
an, a person, a, a, a lowly worker out. And pistol whipped, no a less. Pistol whipped. In a Chris Brown move. Yes. Which means to me that he, something happened. Because, I don't know, I feel like something actually happened with the audio guy. I think that something happened in the back. I think Bill O'Reilly had a tantrum. Like we've heard on like we've heard in that famous he's one. He's a fucking bitch. And I mean, like, not, in a, not a good bitch. He's like a, a whiny bitch. And he the probably the audio guy was like fuck you you're in florida yeah i drive a truck when i'm not here i'll fucking kill you with my <laughs> urine and then everything went bad well these are all bootleg audience android recordings so this clip is a little harder to hear than those which were already tragic but here's o'reilly asking trump who he likes for a republican vp running mate mm-hmm. and trump gets all the maggots in the audience so riled up that o'reilly has to like chastise them or yell at them to shut the fuck up he literally he literally wants to kill himself and every other question he's having to say can i get the question out or i have this is a good question if you can let me get it out he's like literally he hates the audience and he hates trump Go fuck off. How about that? Thank you. You got to be real unlikable so, to be less like than Trump. Today, I don't even think you'd be primary, which you would get the nomination. Let's talk hypothetically. Like, why is he so phlegmy? Because he's a drunk. That's right. Because he is oh, right. Act, and I mean drunk in that, in that moment. <laughs> and which we say from experience. <laughs> I'm sure the opioids too, yeah. Yeah, the opioids for sure. question because there are a lot of them. There are, there are a lot of people. Uh, by the way, how's our current vice president? Ah, there's a lot of them. I think Ron would be good. I think Mike has been... Here's what'll get the audience. Bring up a black woman. Oh That'll God. really make him mad. You're done, Mike. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, You're not on. getting the No, home. it's Ron DeSantis all the way. Uh, not unless I can rape her. No. Mm-mm. Not unless it's Ivanka. Yeah, exactly. So then he goes on to say that he wishes it was Tim Scott, or it could right. be Tim Scott. Which is a genius move. Tim Scott is a black senator, and that is a good idea. Tim Scott is has been very uh, public about pretending to work with Democrats on police reform and all this kind of stuff. But he's super, super, super conservative and is pandering. He panders. He does pander to the white base. He does. Okay, now we get to hang out with an important gay person and ask him questions. I got gay questions and I need gay answers. I got gay questions. And I need gay answers, yeah. I got gay questions, and I need gay answers. I got gay questions, and I need gay answers. Oh, okay, 
This is our segment called Gay Questions, where we hang out with successful people in the LGBT community and we ask them questions about their life. Why? Because being gay is fun, but being successful and gay is not easy. And we want to know how the hell people do it. Also, we love the song Gay Questions by Johnny McGovern, and we needed a new excuse to play it on the podcast. And the excuse came in the form of a sexy gay mayor from <laughs> Del Rio, Texas, honey. <laughs> According to my white lady biased bullshit Google algorithm, <laughs> Del Rio is a small city on the border of Texas and Mexico with about 35,000 people and a low cost of living. Supposedly, it's called the friendliest little border town in Texas, and based on the fact that they elected a gay man as mayor with 62% of the vote, I'm thinking it's definitely got to be literally the friendliest border town in Texas. If not in the country. Uh, he was an out gay former flight attendant with no political experience with pictures on his Instagram of himself in a tutu wearing full heels who ran for mayor in Texas in 2018 and beat the sitting mayor who had been mayor for four years in a landslide. He's now six months away from completing his four-year term, and we've got a bunch of gay questions <laughs> about what important mayor stuff he's done and what his future plans are. So without further ado, it's time to get some gay answers from Mayor Bruno Lozano. Hi, Hi Mayor Lozano. Hello. How are y'all? Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you for being here. So happy to have you on. We got major, major, major gay crushes on you from <laughs> We're Here. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. After I watched We're Here, I texted yeah. her and I was like, oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was so exciting. So, yeah, so you've really... seen the heels and the shoes and the tutus, I take it? We saw all yeah. of it. And also, you, <laughs> and, you and you killed it in drag. I'm sorry. You're like a gorgeous drag woman. I mean, really. I appreciate that. Thank you're, you. Just your, your whole vibe. Well. Yeah. Our first gay question has got to be, with no previous political experience, how did you decide you wanted to run for mayor, and how the fuck did you win? <laughs> so, um, actually, it kind of goes back to, um, I am still a flight attendant, so I, I oh. work for Delta Airlines. Oh, my God. Um, shout out to Delta Airlines for being a very big supportive um company to work for we're very inclusive and um so the journey kind of begins in my flying history where i used to work for another company called skywest airlines that did regional flights in and out of small cities to big hubs so i imagine having layovers in like modesto and like yuma and <laughs> and sioux falls and you're like i'm from del rio so i i related to a lot of these communities and my coworkers and i you know i used to always talk about del rio like del rio can do this and can do that and my coworkers were always like you like always talk about Del Rio, like what are you doing over here, you know? And then I had a high school reunion. So this was like 2014, 2015. I've always been a big community. Um, I've always been involved in the community. Um, I'm also an organizer. I kind of like became the default class president, even though I didn't win anything. Like I won, I, ne I, didn't, I never ran before. So like I wasn't the president or anything. But I was messaging my, my my classmates back in 2001 when it was our first 10 year, or, I'm sorry, 2011, during our first 10 year reunion, like, hey, are y'all going to do the reunion? They're like, we don't know what to do. And I was like, cool, I got time, I'll do it. <laughs> Five years later in 2016, we were like, hey, are we going to do a quinceanera reunion? And they were like, yeah, let's do it. So there I go organizing this thing. And it was bigger than the first one. 
And we were just outside, like it was like 2 a.m. in the morning and people were like, you gotta run for office. Like you organize <laughs> things, like you volunteer things. You're so good. You're like really good at, and you have a heart of gold. You brought all these people who never talked to each other in high school. And then like, everybody just had a good time. And I was like, don't you think I should run for a council position first? Like a councilman, you know? They're like, no, no, no. You gotta do mayor, you gotta do mayor. And so I go home and I was like, ma, oh my God. They want me to run for mayor. And she's like, really? And I was like, I, I, I guess. I mean, like, sure. Like, let's just figure this out. And so then once, like, I have that I want to do something, there's no stopping me. Like, you have, like, a mountain, a tsunami, a flood will have to, like, literally get in the way for me to not keep my, my, my goals going, right? So then I started campaigning. And I used to have roundtable conversations at my house. Like, I invited anybody and anybody wanted to come in to, to my town, to my to my house. And I'd be like, okay, we're going to talk about stuff that Del Rio needs. Like, this, 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 that. And it just kept going. It just kept going. And then what happened was I almost did not become mayor. Um, my, father, my father passed away in August of 2017. So, like, I was already getting the gears going and rolling. And then when that happened, I had to go into like fundraise mode because there was just all this drama, funeral expenses, you know, it's it's not cheap, especially if it's sudden. And so I was I out of sight, out of mind. I was flying all the time. And then I was like, um, I'm not gonna do this. I, I'm, I'm done. And a friend of mine came over one day and it was like, had to have been a month and a half later because I was already kind of getting chilly in Dorio. And um, he's like, Bruno, Bro, like I know if you if you like like I know that you're in mourning, you're losing you're like you're you're thinking about your father and I get it, like, you know, but if you don't put your name on the ballot in February, you're gonna regret it for the rest of your life because you're gonna end up moving we never move on with our loss our losses, but we move forward. Mm-hmm. And in six months from now, you're gonna be thinking clearly again and you're gonna have missed your opportunity to to file. I told him, get out of my house, dude. Like, I'm going to run. I can't. I can't. Had that conversation not happened, I I would have not been here today. Wow. Is, that's a lot. Is that, no, <laughs> but, like, that's amazing. And also, does is being mayor not a full-time job? Are you now having two full-time? I can't even imagine having I have, a, I have a full-time job. I work at Delta Airlines. And I get paid $100 for two council meetings a month. So I get paid $20 a month, totaling $2,400. Oh that is still taxed, by the oh way. Oh, my God. So, Holy yes, shit. Yes, I have to have a full-time job. Yes. That is insane. Now, tell us about Del Rio. It's on the border of Texas and Mexico. But I'm just curious, is it the kind of thing where people easily cross the border back and forth all day long? Because we love to cross the San Diego border and go get, like, to the pharmacia. But it's, like, a whole to-do. Oh, my gosh. Del Rio is kind of like secluded. Like our our border town is not. It's it's on the border. Yes, so when you look at a map, it's like three miles away from California. But that experience of like the journey to cross the bridge, you don't get that at other border towns. Like their communities were one community at one point. There's like there's a couple of other communities. Like I think Nogales is another one. Um, Del Rio for sure. There's a couple of, of these communities where they're kind of like inland a little bit, and that changes the whole makeup of the community because it's not like it is easily to cross, but it's not like the same streets are not the same. But they're not like the Mercado mm. Street and it's both on both sides of the border. Does that make sense? And that that changed the Del Rio history a lot because <clears throat> so 
Laughlin Air Force Base is, is here. We have a, a, a large Border Patrol presence here. We have the sector, the, the sector headquarters is here along with the with the sector and the station. So I learned that. That changed the makeup of the community too because you had a transient population through the pilot group in Del Rio. So we have a very strong Hispanic background, which we like, a lot of us colors of Tejano. Um, it's, a, it's a mix of Tex-Mex cultures and everything. And the reason why it's special is because for us, the border, the United States border moved from our from our histories. We used to be Texas y Coahuila. And so my dad was always like, no, mijo, you are, you're, eres Tejano, you're Tejano, you're ranchero family. We do vaqueros, we do, we, you know, cowboy, um, country music, you know, all that stuff. It's a different type of food. But the reality is, is that a lot of this history is not taught in American history. I mean, there's so many subcultures that exist and are around, like the Creole, the Creole group, and we have the Appalachian groups. We have the 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 Pennsylvania Dutch. You know, it, it, there's all these subcultures that are alive, and then we also have the other ethnic groups that are alive and well, just like you know our late, our native relatives, right? Del Rio has all this, like just the makeup. That's Del Rio. All the culture, the, the 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 location, the geography, the makeup, the different industries that are here, and then the fact that it's just a very friendly friendly community, is is who we are. Is it mainly like white and Tejano, and Tex-Mex? Well, back in the day, I would say it was more white, but like even Tejanos, like even even los, 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 the the white the white the Anglo, we they call themselves Tejano too because it's like they also speaks English. Like and they love like, to, and they love that queso, honey. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 something that's like it's unique because it's not. Hmm. Yes, it's Hispanic by the way that whatever institution decided to create ethnic groups in America mm -hmm. and how they were defined, you know, 50 years ago that I think need to be redone anyway, because and it excluded a lot of the cultures that were already thriving in the United States. Like Creole is a mix of French and black that does, you know, being, I don't, I don't believe in this half. I'm half black. I'm half French. No, I'm like, you're, you're French and you're black at the same time. That's your composition. I'm me. I'm, I'm a descendant of Spanish descent, English descent, you know, Mexican descent, native descent. I'm all those people. I don't, I don't have like a percentage that's like, oh, this percentage here is like 15% native and this is like 30%, you know, Spanish. No, it's like all of this is who we are. You know, that's just my, my take on it. <laughs> I, th I agree. It's exciting. I, I love that. I just totally start agree defining pe people by their culture rather than yeah, their... Yeah, well, plus, you know, I, I'm uh, from Boston and then lived in New York for a while and I'm Jewish. And people would always be like, here, like, you're from New York. You sound like you're from New York because all Jews sound like they're from New York. So it's like in some, but in some way you do start to co-opt a thing where it's not just, it's Italians and now we've got Italians and Jews and we're whatever, whatever oh, yeah. are together. Cause we're all living within a similar culture. So I think that's what you're saying. And I think that's so true. And if we, if I moved to Del Rio and lived there for 10 years, believe there'd be a cowboy yeah, hat. Pick up some of our, little, you know, <laughs> our sayings that are a little yeah. like, of you course. Know, everybody says, voy para HTB, voy para HTB, I'm going to HTB, voy para Walmart. Like, we all do Spanglish. <laughs> it's like, you'll get it, yeah. you know. So what was it like growing up there? Tell us some, like, like sexy Bruno childhood <laughs> stories. <laughs> well, first of all, I was a geek. I had the thickest glasses. I started wearing glasses when I was in second grade. That was probably, like, the most tragic moment of my life. But I was actually pretty flamboyant. I was a pretty feminine kid. Um, all my cousins used to give me such heartache. They're like, oh, he's, he's, 
just leave him alone, just leave him alone. He wants to go play with the girls, he wants to go play with the girls. And the girls were like, yeah, we want to play with, with our cousin. Like, <laughs> like, I, was, like, I was always trying to, I had every excuse to play house. I wanted to be like the main, like the, the head, but like I wanted to be in the kitchen. So like I was pretending like to make little like fake pies and clean up and like push the little cart. But I'm still the head of the house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, girl can work. She can work. Um, now, when did you, did you know, when did you first know you were gay versus when you came out? For me, coming out was really hard because I feel like, but I've always been this way. Like, what am I, you're coming out because we're taught to like, we yeah. have to like, or because it became bisexual. Is that when you went through like puberty and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm not really like wanting to get with these girls. So yeah. then, you, then you immediately admitted to your family. I mean, that's pretty well, brave. Even if it was hard, that's really young. At 15, I did. Yeah, for sure. I was close to, um, at 15, I tried to tell my mom and that's when, in, in the episode I, I talk about it where she didn't talk to me for three days. And my mom, I was always a mama's boy. And she supported me and everything as far as like whatever I want to do. I was always doing like random things like the band. I was in band. And so, and we have gay cousins. We have I, my Theo Mando. He's gay. My, um, we have lesbian cousins. I mean, we have, it's, we're everywhere. We're here. We're everywhere. Right. And so then when I came out, when she's been talked to me, I felt the shame. I felt like, I felt like, wow, I guess it really is wrong. Or I guess like the people who make fun of me, like they have some validity because I think my own mom is like talking to me. So for three days, I was just really hurting. I was really trying to struggle and like try to get through it. And then I ended up telling her that I'm asexual, which is furthest from the truth now as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm not having sex. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this. And um, I, I don't believe I'm, I'm gay. I think I'm just curious. I'm just going through a phase. And she's like, okay, you're going through a phase. So then we, we, re we rebuilt our relationship a little bit. But then um, a couple of years later, I was 17 when my brother outed me to my dad. And in the episode you see where um, <clears throat> I talk about, you know, my dad going off-roading in my Volkswagen Beetle. And he came home and I'll never forget, I'll never forget the way the car looked. I mean, it was just like the, 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 the smoke, the, the fender, the car was indented. There was a hanging mirror. I mean, my dad took my 1999 yellow beetle and went off-roading in it in rage because his son was gay. And so that night my brother was like, bro, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that like, that, that I told dad. And I'm like, brother, like, you having smoked weed at 13 <laughs> is not the same as me being gay for life. Like you did not give me my opportunity to tell my dad that I'm queer or that I'm gay or whatever. And my mom was like, well, your dad knows. So then I ran away from home for three days. That didn't make the cut, but I ran away from home for three days. I, I was traumatized. My dad was enraged. My dad, and so like I woke up, I went to see like, at, like 9 30 that night and i woke up at about 11 12 and i could hear like my brother was like no but i love him like who cares leave him alone and my dad was like get him out of here and my mom was like it was just so much yelling in the living room and so i didn't even tell them i i opened up my window got my school bag and i ran and then i went to my neighbor's house and i was like can i use your phone can you use your phone and they're like what's going on you're like what's going on and i was like i can't stay home tonight i can't stay home tonight and so i called my one of my best friends at the time and I stayed with her and her parents. And 
I remember my mom. My mom worked. My mom, my mom worked at the freshman school at the time, and she's calling the office to make sure that I'm in a school. And the office pages me into the office, and they were like, "Mijo, um, your mom's calling. She's really concerned for you." And I was like, "Well, I'm not going home now because Dad wants to kill me. Like Dad wants me out of the house. That you know, all these things have happened." So then she finally convinced me to go home, and my dad's like, "As if nothing happened. Nothing happened." <sighs> When I'm turning, when I'm 18 and I'm graduating high school early, I'm ready to take on the world and move to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm like, Mom, I'm leaving, and she's like, You need to tell your dad that you're gay. And I was like, No, I don't need to tell my dad anything because you guys already told him. And she goes, No, you need to go talk to your dad because if you don't talk to your dad, if something happens to you, he's not going to know the, the right. So she's setting me up to go talk to my dad over something that I think he already knows. Which then I'm kind of like, okay, maybe he doesn't know. So then I told my dad, and my dad was like, okay, go outside. We're going to go talk. And so I was like, okay. And he's actually kind of calm. So we talk, and that's when he tells me his story about our cousin that passed away from suicide and our cousin that passed away from HIV complications that a lot of the family still questions. They're like, they call it that she passed away from diabetes. Mm. And I'm uh... like, no, she died of HIV. She died of HIV. HIV. She died of HIV. And they're like, no, no, no. It's HIV. I'm like, no, it's not. Dad knows the whole story. And so that's when those moments that he was telling me, he's like, you're going to have a very challenging life. You know, please take care of yourself. He was being the father that, like, I didn't realize was so supportive. You know, he was, he reacted in a way that my mom, I thought, would have reacted when I was 15. So I actually have, like, three coming out stories because of, like, all that. Yeah. Um, so I want to know how the city has changed since you were a kid to now. We have a bunch of LGBT. So like, I, I remember getting interviewed when I first won my election and I was telling the guy the same story that I'm about to share with you. And he's like, what was high school like when you were when you were a kid? Like, how was, how was imagine 1997, 1986. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I was a freshman in high school at 97, 98. And we already knew that we were like that because we didn't say gay. It's, it's like that. Oh, you're like that? Yes, I'm like that. Okay, cool, me too. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so, like, we had a whole bunch of us. There was, like, I can count. I, 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 when I start to, like, tell this story, I'm like, I count, and I lose count. There's at least 15 of us at that age that were already, like, out of our closet because we were like that. So, like, we were, like, tiptoeing out, you know? And um, I'm writing that down as the title. Like, he's like, like that. that with Bruno. He's Madonna. like that. Yeah. yeah. He's like that. And so that's actually really cute. Yeah, that's the name. That's the name of the so movie. Then, uh, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> I was about to say, like, that's the name of the movie, bro. We didn't realize what a jewel we had at the time. We have like, there's 15 of us to hang out with and like feel comfortable with ourselves, like, right? Like, sometimes you're the only gay person in that school. We have so many of us, and we didn't even realize like that's actually rare. Mm -hmm. That's rare. That's normal for us here. <laughs> How has the city changed besides that? Like, if you look around. Like, from, is from it, up, yeah, know, is right? it like, was there more, let's say, I would, of course, always notice, like, is it dirtier? Is there more trash when we look at it? Like, are more populated? Melted. Yeah, more people. Is it better? Well, Del, Del Rio's grown. It's definitely moving in a more progressive direction at the pace of Texas progressiveness. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <'cause it's so laughs> be frank here. Um, I think the community is, is re, is re, um, reviving its roots because now at like our community cultural center we do um the event for like for example dia de los muertos which is the hispanic the mexican um recognition of 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 life and 
it's gotten so big now. It's like it's like its own thing. And we're very like it's not Halloween. Like Halloween has its own celebration, and then Dia de los Muertos has its own traditional festival as well. I didn't remember seeing that growing up. I don't remember seeing like how much opportunity there is growing up as a kid. Like um, all the youth programs that exist. There's so much. There's so much growth in the in the realm of like active sports. Like you can do you can do soccer team. You can do baseball team. You can do a basketball league. I mean, we had the smaller versions of it, but the majority of them were, like, school-sponsored. But, like, now you have, like, all these different groups that, like, compete against each other. They go to San Antonio. They go in competitions. Um, I've seen, like, the economy from the 80s and 90s, early 90s. It was really popping, really booming. And then when we had, like, a little recession in that decade, like, businesses started closing down. Things were moving out from downtown. Typical small-town America. Walmart came in took all the business mm. to the north side, downtown was struggling. And then I left and I came back and I'm like, downtown's still kind of like dead to like now, like this year, as far as growth goes, we have new businesses coming into downtown right now. And we have three bars now, you can walk around, it's cool. It's like, it's becoming like that downtown American, you know, main street vibe, you know? And it's great. So I feel like the community has gone through waves of like, you know, okay, things are kind of dead, things are kind of slow, to like re re um, being reborn again. Wow, that's awesome. What about relig- the religion? I think overall, Del Rio, I think it is, I keep saying that we're conservative, but I like I said, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We're very progressive. We have all kinds of faith groups here. Whereas like you go to a town over and it's like one group and that's it. And mm-hmm. if you're different, don't come in. Like, we're a conservative, progressive community. It's 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 it yeah, doesn't make yeah. sense, but maybe it it's makes more traditional than conservative. Yeah, oh, that's maybe good. it's more traditional than conservative. We're traditional. There you know go. what that's I mean? Because right yeah. that that's yeah, a, I like, I grew up like that, and my parents are like that. They're very progressive, but they're traditional. I think there that's, you go. That's the thing. We have our traditionals. We yeah. have our traditions. I yeah. think I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah, yeah. tradition. We're thinking Del Rio is the shit. I know. I'm like I'm gonna move to Del Rio. It sounds good. Palm Springs, y'all. I mean, seriously, like. People are looking at, I'm properly out here. And look at me bringing my hair. That's how good I am with y'all. I'm already bringing my hair. <laughs> I mean, it sounds good. It sounds yeah. real good. The Palm Springs of Texas. I yes. love it. Yes. Well, before we let you go, we have to know what sexy gay plans you have. What will you do when your term is up May of next year? Just give us a little tidbit into the future. Well, people ask me if I'm going to run again as mayor. So... I need my income. I need to go back at, mm-hmm. De- at Delta and mm-hmm. like fly and visit and travel. And I've already announced it to several key figureheads here, so it's not no no surprise that I'm not running again. But um, I think I'm an advocate for mental health, and this past year has been absolutely brutal for mm-hmm. my position. Um, we have we we started 2021 in the midst of COVID-19. And I don't know if you know, but Del Rio is in Texas, and Texans don't know, don't do snow very well. <laughs> Not only did we have, which we never get snow, we get snow like once every 15 years, like the kind that sticks. We get like a dusting like every three years. Y'all, girl, how come it snowed not once but twice within 48 hours of each other in Del Rio, Texas, right, right after, <laughs> no, right during Valentine's Day? Whoa. It was brutal. It was brutal. So then I had wow. to manage I had to manage the emergency event with, with we call it Snowbid. And then Snowbid. Huh? Power outages. Power outages. outages. Water went out. People were like, What's like what's the mayor doing? Mm. What's the judge doing? And we're like, we're literally on the phone twenty four seven. We don't have this 
we don't have service either. Like, you know, it, it's, it, was, it was an eye-opening experience. It was an eye-opening experience of how unprepared many municipalities, many states are in emergency response and events. And I don't even know if the, I don't even know if Texas fixes power grid. Honestly, like they said they were working on it, but we're just like no snow in Del Rio, like none. Or in Texas, because it might it might happen again. Then I'm dealing with the economic recovery of COVID and trying to get, you know, our sister city to have crossings again, trying to get some kind of visa program growing. And then I had the major event in September when we had the immigrants under the bridge. Mm. It was absolutely chaotic and it was absolutely heartbreaking at how, you know, it, it was just, I had to step up and do something because mm. it was just a whole bunch of people with their heads cut off running around trying to figure out what to do with with thousands of people that just keep coming. They keep mm -hmm. coming unlawfully into the United States and, and they're hanging out under the bridge because there's nowhere to go. Like, it's 100 degrees. Where else can you go and find shade? You know, mm -hmm. like, the humanitarian aspect of it was just so, it was just so, and the border control went out of their way. I mean, there was tons of food, tons of water. They were giving it out there. People, people delivered babies. I mean, it was just something that was just remarkable as far as, like, how different walks of life came together in Del Rio and different parts of the community came to Del Rio to support individuals that are just trying to find an opportunity for success. And however you feel on that spectrum, you know, at, you, at the end of the day, something has to give. And that was, so that drained me emotionally. How, how and is, then how, the fall did of, you, you got to talk to Alejandro Mayorkas, right? He was here in town. Was yeah, he nice? He or, in Cause he seems so oh, nice. Absolutely. He's absolutely, a, a, he's, 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 a, he's such a great man, you know, and he really did deliver and stepped up here in town. Unfortunately, the powers that be don't necessarily agree with the way things are being delivered. And a lot of us felt abandoned by this administration because they still don't even call it an actual crisis. Like in poor Mayorkas, I bless him. He's, he's doing what he can. He saw firsthand the conditions here, you know. But being able to be in this position and have so many opportunities to really influence, I mean, we talked about it in this in this segment. We talked about, I did go to the high school after I graduated. I, I, I did go to the high school after I won my election. I did I did reach out to the youth. I, I, I'm an advocate for LGBTQI plus support. I'm an advocate for, for, for mental health. I talked to veterans. Like, I have an opportunity that, that that was given to me by the people who took a chance and voted this unknown individual. And and I feel like, I feel like, wow, like this has been an amazing journey, but mental health is very important. And I'm gonna need a couple of years off to recover because you gotta take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And my staff knows that like, he's drained, I'm drained. Like how much more can you, I, I, I'm like, I have a hundred and some odd days, like what else could happen? And I'm like, <laughs> Please don't yes. ask what else gonna happen. Like, please don't ask. Like, let's celebrate. Let's have Christmas. Yes, like, you deserve you deserve yeah. the time. You deserve yeah. the time off. Thank you so much, Mayor. <laughs> we see you. We see you. <laughs> well, tell our 14 listeners where they can find you on the internet, the socials, where people can watch you, look at you, DM you. <laughs> <laughs> so, right now, I have a, I have my active Instagram. It's public. It's at it's at Bruni Rooney. So that's B R U N I R U N I Rooney Rooney. That's on Instagram. Okay. Is that where um, we can see all the tutu sexy heels pics? You can find them. You can find okay. them there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I my Twitter is still 
still managed by the city. Um, it's at Bruno Ralphie um, for the Twitter. And then I'm on Facebook, just Bruno Lozano. Um, I'm not really on Facebook right now just because of the election. I just, there's too many comments going on. So I just, but I have it for like Messenger and things like that. Thank you again so Bye, much. Bruno. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Now it's time for So There's That. part of the show where Julie has to find so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans, the terrorist Al-QAnon cunts, the calculated corporate climate killers, and the vindictive virtue signaling liberal losers. We are all somewhere on that spectrum fighting for our team to win the race of rights in America and even though every week brings us closer and closer to a civil war and even though America is losing its sexiest gay mayor and our new best friend Mayor Bruno Lozano, we always will have Julie's So There's That stories to give us hope that maybe we won't have to go to war against our cousins and our weird neighbors. <laughs> Did you find anything good this week, Mau Mau? Well, I could just say, Jussie Smollett, guilty. You victim fetishizing attention-seeking thirst trap. But also, I hope you get the help you severely are crying out for. So there's that. <laughs> but no, there's so much more. Well, it's funny because I was going to tell you to do... As you're so, there's that. Shaq and Chuck on on TNT. What? Sh- Chuck did this thing about just made an offhand comment about Jesse Smollett, and Shaq got like the giggles so <gasps> hard and was dying, and for so long, and it like trended on Twitter, and it was so funny. And I was like, I mean, hey, he faked a hate crime and really made us all look bad, um, and. Um, so there's that. I mean, because that thing was <laughs> exactly. pretty fucking funny on TNT. Like, it was well worth it. God damn it. Well, you're going to have to show it to me because I can't. I Once you and I aren't watching basketball or that, I don't yeah. I don't watch it. Yes. So we'll, we'll have to we'll have to pick up on that. Yeah. Um. Well, let me tell you the. I have I have three words for you. I love Starbucks. I do. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm 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 not. I I say it openly and I say it freely. In fact, I know a lot of people don't like Starbucks. <clears throat> Why? Cuz it they, makes them shit their pants in the grocery store. <laughs> One, <laughs> they think the coffee's too strong or coffee. I've never it, met anyone who doesn't like Starbucks. Oh god, I've met I've definitely met people who don't like Starbucks. Like whether it's at at work, I've met people who don't like Starbucks. Cuz they need to go to like a privately owned like I don't know. They have to go to Intelligentsia (laughs) and fucking wait 17 minutes for a drip to go into one drip. They need like a pour over and shit. Yeah. And just like, you know, find a hole in the wall or I won't do that or I'm not going to Starbucks. The um, they're manufactured corporate Starbucks kills every small cafe and roaster in a 10 block radius. And and some may even say it's the big pharma of coffee and it should be eradicated, but it never will be. So in some way, it's a big pharma cockroach of coffee but i say yum okay i love fucking starbucks i love the egg bite sous vide i love the impossible sandwich i love the flat white i love the coffee i love the coffee i love the strong coffee i fucking love starbucks i also have always heard as far as having a job goes it isn't that bad we like the ice cream tea and the giant thing too oh god yes and just to get a giant cup of ice water 
is a delight. Yeah. And they, they give you it. Now, certainly customer service of any kind is horrendous. And making a venti non-fat fat latte cappuccino cold hot brew with extra skinny, extra hot, extra shot, minus a shot, six pump sweetener, steam soy, and no whip with cisgendered whip is a fucking torturous hell. However, Starbucks is widely known as a pretty fair company offering 401ks, health benefits, and they pay between $12 and $15 per hour from what I can find which is far higher than other fast food places, let's say, who literally treat their workers like they treat their factory farmed animals. So I've always gone about my Starbucks business thinking as far as companies go, they're pretty good. So when I heard from you, Brandy, that one (laughs) Starbucks in Buffalo, New York, which is upstate, basically Canada, voted to form the very first Starbucks union, I was like, wow, well, that's awesome. But also, why? Isn't Starbucks a good company to work for? They're not Amazon, for God's sakes, where people pee in water bottles and get murdered by tornadoes. Well, apparently Starbucks has a little dark side as well. But don't worry, it's not going to stop me from going there basically seven days a week, much like Chick-fil-A. I just don't care. However, this union thing is very, very cool. In general, unions, however annoying, and ultimately it will turn corrupt, I do believe that. Along the route to corruption, though, people unionizing only serves the workers for the best, and it can bring a common good and make things better for a lot of people. Apparently, during the pandemic, Starbucks stepped up making workers essential, which meant they paid them more. So people got hired with bumped pay, and of course, they all felt like heroes. After the stay-at-home orders had been lifted, Starbucks demoted their pay scale. The supply chain got fucked up. Essential items that Starbucks needed weren't being put in and locations got shut down the employee worker pool was reduced and things at starbucks really changed for the worse at a lot of locations for the workers on the ground for the corporate board members and executives however things have never been better unfortunately the corporate monsters including howard schultz i hate saying his name now howard schultz because he sounds like a nazi he actively worked with his corporate butt buddies to keep pay lower and actively worked against workers needs and requests is that true There is evidence of it, yes. Let's not forget that Howard was going to run for president against Trump as an independent centrist. He couldn't run as a Democrat because the party went to left. Because Howard is a douche. He has a horrible reputation for treating employees like shit, and somehow he and Starbucks have truly tricked us into believing the company, as I said earlier, is pretty cool, and we thought he was too. Well, in response to all of this, one small Starbucks location petitioned to unionize. And they won. For the Starbucks employees at the union store, this means they'll begin to negotiate a contract for better wages, benefits, and working conditions. Howard Schultz, however, actively fought against them unionizing, and the board members of Starbucks worked very hard to shut it down as well. Utilizing such tactics as board members going into actual locations and doing like, what's going on here? Kind of things like, you don't want to unionize. That won't be good for you. I'm, a, I'm just a guy on the ground, too. But it didn't work. The corporate uh, guys all basically went around, and whether they were there in person or they got letters or they'd send emails to workers, they said they would, they would absolutely raise wages and that they would give people raises if they did not unionize. 
But it was too late, bitch. This Starbucks union is a win for the little employee. Regardless of my mixed feelings on unions, I do think they're grounded in good until they're corrupted by greed and power mongering crime syndicates. But for these workers, it's so great. Or by actors. Or by actors. Yeah, exactly. For me, it is a small fame and I will take it. It is a small win which can spur many, many, many more and can grow into a very large union for Starbucks. Starbucks union, there's 8,000 locations of Starbucks. If every one of those locations unionized and then it became a huge union like SAG-AFTRA, can you imagine? Well, I know that 7,995 of the Starbucks are on um, my street. (laughs) So that would be exciting. Exactly. My hope is not only that the union as it grows will serve to quote-unquote pay people a living wage as we like to say (laughs) and they love saying on tv all the time give benefits and pensions and all that but ultimately my hope is the union will temper and stop the spread of starbucks as they will have to pay their people more and keep their shit stocked yeah i don't need 14 on my street you don't exactly and that is exactly so true we don't need a starbucks on every corner every 10 blocks is sufficient just like everything else right now rather than sit back and complain about the fact that there isn't enough pork on the shelves how about sit back and say thank you that you have pork at all we can walk or drive a few extra blocks to get a coffee and appreciate the fact that real human beings work there every single day and have families and pets and lives and rent and school and kids and medical bills and they deserve to get paid and if they want that to be their only job then it should be I have high hopes for the Starbucks union, and next time we go to get our egg bites, we can know that the small group of employees fisted the corporate board and won. So there's that. Well, that's it for this episode of Germ Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. Please, please. (laughs) We do two a week, every week. They're both an hour long. They're never shorter than an hour. And we post them on Sunday. So you'll have all week to listen to them. That's right. They're a dollar each. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog, which has hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free, ad-free podcasts that you can go back and listen to, like Sherry Lewis said. They really are timeless. They really, truly are. If you're curious to see what it's like, you can listen to a free episode right now called Windows Up Sing Time. The link to the free episode is in the description of this podcast, or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode. You can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or your computer. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything. You don't have to do shit. You just go right on the link, and you'll be able to listen. It's super easy. We want you to do it. We need you to do it. We're desperate for you to do it. We need people to we like for people to join our patreon we're not just all about ranting and raving about politics we do other things too like drugs and whippets and shit <laughs> and as always it's been real and it's been fun but mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb and bruno lozano mayor how'd you do i see you've met my faithful hand in hand 
He's just a little brought down because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you around and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan and he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom.